So hello and welcome to the Flow Podcast. I'm uh, joined once again by Carl Beach. How you doing, Carl? Doing great, my old mate. Good, good, good. So actually, uh, a lot has happened uh, since last time we did the podcast. And uh, yeah, probably be good just to kind of touch base with people about kind of all that's happened. Uh, so there was this terrorist attack in Manchester, Manchester Arena, um, which happened just before we released the last podcast. And um, yeah, it's kind of a crazy time, really, for, for us in Manchester. Obviously, this is our home and we've done events in that venue and just a kind of a terrible time really hasn't it it's been crazy yeah the whole thing's really shocking I mean it feels like the whole country is suffering really there's a pain everywhere isn't there and mm. the Manchester thing was completely overwhelming wasn't it I mean a, a terrorist going in and blowing up little kids really and you think I just it's just absolutely shocking and I was talking to people who worked here over the years or worked through the message over the years and saying oh I can remember like, leading someone to Christ on the steps of that place or oh that was a place we used to go and do mission you think wow you know mm. uh, so yeah huge impact and then of course the London one um, when our, one of our teams is right in the heart of that. So, yeah, weird time, very strange. Yeah, and I think with um, with the Manchester terrorist attack, well, I think one of the, 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 you know, hopefully good comes out of these things, doesn't it? And, and seeing the church pull together at that time was really amazing. And we had a prayer meeting... Um, uh, which was hosted by Audacious Church, but people from right across the whole of uh, whole of the city came together and prayed yeah. together and worshipped together. And, and people were praying yeah. all over the world, I think, weren't they? Yeah. And he was overseas and uh, was saying oh, there's just masses of prayer going on for Manchester. Yeah. And that's it, the enemy always overplays his hand, doesn't he? And, you know, I think the church responds brilliantly. But global prayer for Manchester, and I'm sure global prayer for London as well. Absolutely. So, yeah. So, yeah, as well as the terrorist attacks in London, obviously there was this um, this awful fire in uh, Grenfell Tower. And some of you might know uh, by now, if you've kind of been to our website and stuff, that actually that's where one of our Eden teams has been based for the last six years, but also where our London offices, our London hub office is also there, isn't it? Yeah, so that was really weird, actually, because I was sitting having a coffee with Jamie and Teresa who had up our London work the day before actually the afternoon before and then you know get on the train back home and uh, you see all the uh, the stuff breaking out all the news and uh, immediately on the phone to Jamie and Teresa and uh, obviously I was pretty convinced it was exactly where they were but you know it's only when you phone up and you say this is your patch isn't it I mean it's there's five towers and we've been working with these people for six years, and this is one of them, and it was just completely traumatising. But their response was absolutely phenomenal. You know, the Eden team's been, as you said, for six years, and masses of church relationships there with um, uh, Latimer Church, where we've based the Eden team out of and where our offices are. And uh, one of the first things they did, as well as opening up the churches and community centres to do all the disaster relief stuff, they put up this massive prayer wall, and... Uh, you know, Simon Cowell did the charity track and then made a video. About 70% of that video features the prayer wall and Jamie and Teresa were saying people are actually coming to Christ kneeling at that wall, which is just, you know, out of the carnage. Mm. There's new life coming already. And, um, yeah, it's just just, uh, just a terrible, terrible thing. And it's weird, actually, when you look at photos of that tower. I mean, it's just, like, looming over everyone and they still don't know the final death toll. We know there's, you know, there's bodies still in that place. So... For the community there, it's utterly horrific. So there's there's a massive long-term job to do. But I said to said to our guys there, for such a time as this, you know, all that work, God has got you there and you're the light, 
for that community at this time. So that's yeah. a precious thing, actually. Absolutely. But tough, you know. And I mean, that that prayer all is literally stuck onto the outside of the church building yeah. and where our, uh, where our office is. I, I ended up going down uh, to the memorial service, which the church held on the mm. on the Sunday. And they had given, given us a call kind of few, literally on the Friday evening saying, we really think we need to do a memorial service. Yeah. And like, can you help us out? So team pulled together and, and, and helped kind of run a service on the Sunday. And that was there. amazing at such short notice, too. Yeah. I mean, great we were able to do that. But yeah. yeah. So it's like a Thunderbirds job, isn't it? You've been <laughs> bombing down there, and yeah, yeah and we, we just got some amazing people on the team who who pulled that all together, and uh, just meeting with the church at the end, sort of did a bit of a debrief with the church, and the. I think they were really touched by just the Christians both around the UK and obviously us here at The Message just being yeah. able to help out and step mm. in and pray and, and just be a practical help to the people in that community. Yeah. And, and the people there were deeply traumatised, you know, just walking around and just, it's it's a it's a horrific thing. And, and everybody in that community knows people who lived in the building as well. Yeah. Um, so it was it was going to be a long-term process, isn't it? Long, yeah. There'll be a lot of trauma for many years, lots yeah. to do. Yeah. So two of the other guys that that we went down to help at the memorial service was the uh, team from Soulbox. So John uh, Saul, who who's used to be part of the team there in London, is now mm. part of Soulbox. And then Ben and um, Ben actually did a spoken word piece. Um, yeah. Actually, there on the day at the memorial service, also did it at prayer day, and we've actually recorded it and stuck it online. And just thought it'd be good for people to to have a listen to this. And this is what Ben did at this memorial service. We are gathered here to remember those that lost their lives, that lost their homes. On that tragic night when the flames arose and the sky was choked with that thick gray smoke. So many questions like, why this loss? Where is hope? Why this cost? We can never forget the lives it robbed, despair in our veins, our minds they throb. We long for justice, cause this pain just isn't right. Some wonder where love is and rage fills the eyes Cause nobody can silence the cries that scar the minds of kids that lost their mothers Is hope too far to find But we are not defeated Cause I find my heart reminds me of a peace amidst the ashes And a love that towers high See, in the hour of despair Together we can't deny A light the dark cannot hide The love that's undivided A love that stays and fights A love that's made to last A love that's flame as bright When hope is fading fast We can't lose our love Cause love makes us glad It's what makes us human Love is all we have Love outweighs the pain of loss and slowly heals the past Makes a way and pays the cost for all the grief we have Love can't be broken, love can't be smashed Love is in our veins, it's the only way we last So, as we stomach the taste of loss We can't let hate take over us Cause love will win and my God is love Place your trust in him, his love won't run He's a rock a firm foundation, a home for the broken and our salvation. The God of this city, the God of love, the God of hope, and the God of this nation. That's a powerful piece, that isn't it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's an unbelievable talent, Ben, but he just seems to, uh, he sort of stands there all sort of nonchalantly and it comes out this incredible depth. Know, you know, amazing. you think, where did that come from? It's um, Yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Very powerful. 
Yeah. So um, whilst I was there as well, we also filmed a little video for with Jamie um, because we had we knew we were having the prayer day the next day, uh, which was last Monday. Yeah. And uh, so we kind of got him to sort of say a little bit about the community and and uh, and what those guys are going through. So let's just have a little listen to that as well. Hi, you guys. Um, just a message from West London. Uh, you will have heard about Grenfell Tower. Uh, we woke up on Wednesday morning just to the news that Grenfell Tower had burnt down. Um, and uh, our church, Grenfell Tower, is right in the heart of our community, Lancaster West. Our church has really, really just been quick to respond. Uh, most of the leadership team and the Eden team were up at two in the morning, some of them witnessing the most horrific things you can imagine. And since then, the church has just been working almost 24-7 uh, just to support the need, giving people food, clothing, uh, supporting people with accommodation. And, and really now there's a shift. Now the shock has gone and we're starting to really deal with a lot of the trauma. Um, and we uh, obviously we set up a, a prayer wall that's just been amazingly, uh, the response has been amazing to that. And you will have seen it a lot in the newspapers and stuff. And this morning we held an incredible open air service where we got to preach that Jesus loves people. Um, I suppose for us, what we'd really love prayer for is for the future. Uh, we've been in this community as an Eden team for six years, as a church for 150 years, and we've got a long, long journey with a really battered, beaten down community. Very, very angry, very, very upset. And what I'd love you to pray for is for healing. Uh, for grieving that there's time to do that but also for peace we really don't want people to uh, to turn their grief and anger into violence and I think on the ground there's a sense that that uh, that, that could happen so just pray for peace um, and pray for us as a team and pray for strategy for our, our church pray for us as a team so we're broken hearted um, and we're kind of you know we're, we're broken uh, so thanks very much so off the back of that video, um, we got into teams, didn't we, uh, Carl, and kind of prayed for prayed for London and prayed yeah. for that community. Yeah, and I took some photos of it, actually, just to send down to Jackie Blanchefleur, who's the leader of the church down there, to let her know that we were praying for her and I've tried to, get to keep in touch with her, actually, um, a couple of times. Because uh, it's the church, isn't it? They're long-term. They're going to be, you know, everyone will forget, because that's people, isn't it? We'll mm. forget within two, three months for everyone around the UK, but they're actually there and the Eden teams are actually going to be there. So, yeah, keep praying. I'd say just keep praying for that community. Keep praying for Eden, Ladbrook Grove and keep praying for uh, Latimer Church. Yeah, there's so much to do over the years ahead now. Absolutely. So we did have some um, other amazing things happen at Prayer Day, though, didn't we? So Always um, do. Prayer days, are, yeah. prayer days are amazing, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, when we all get together like that, it's cool. So we had uh, one of our guys who's been on Academy for the last few years, um, who's now doing some work in Sierra Leone, based here in the UK. Just tell yeah. us a little bit about James and his story, Carl. Yeah, so James, um, he's a, when you look at James, he kind of he's like a cool dude, isn't he? he kind of, he's got a bit of a swag, and he you know, hung out with Vital Signs and was on Academy and stuff um but then had this i remember when he came to speak to andy and i had this burning passion to go back to sierra leone and it was only when i spoke to him about that uh i can't, must be 18 months ago now that i realized he had actually come out of the civil war in sierra leone and you know lost many of his family members and friends and um you know they see these horrible war crimes out there amputating limbs and stuff and just sheer brutality and he had come out of that 
but from that has a passion to go back to Sierra Leone to tell people about Jesus. So we were like, sounds great, mate. Yeah, that's that's God, and we'll try and back you a little bit and help you and release you to do that. Uh, so we gave him some support uh, to enable him to be here for a while and then get back out to Sierra Leone to run mission. Um but then he gave his little announcement about what he'd been up to <laughs> in the prayer day. And uh, I was sitting, me and Andy were sitting next to each other at the front and we looked at each other and kind of went, ooh, that's quite special. <laughs> so, it's really good, isn't it? And, unbelievable, yeah. And he's from a Muslim background, uh, James, yeah. as, as about 80% of the population in Sierra Leone yeah. are Muslim. And, and he's really passionate about reaching his his friends out there. And, and, yeah, and actually, Muslim even friends. in this country, as a witness yeah. you know, to the Muslim community. He's found himself under pressure sometimes because of that. But he's kind of like a... I mean, he's a classic, bold and fearless evangelist, isn't it? And, yeah. Isn't he? And when he put the photos up... Um, on prayer day showing us what he'd been up to I mean basically going to the heart of violent gangland and telling these kids about Jesus Christ actually phenomenal yeah Yeah. bold so let's have a listen to um, kind of what he was showing at prayer day um, off the back of the recent missions trip he did there but first let's also listen to a track that James performed on prayer day you always make way when there is no way or anyhow through your almighty power your blessings they shower down We had a civil war. Sierra Leone is a very like small, beautiful country in the west of uh, west coast of Africa. That's where my family are from. And uh, as you can see in the stacks, like we have um, a high the, a high population of Muslims, very small amounts of uh, Christians. So Sierra Leone is pretty much like a Muslim nation. And as you can see, we have eighty percent like of people are living in extreme poverty. When I say extreme poverty, like some people literally like like. Parents that have kids that they can't afford to feed their kids, they actually like let their kid go to the street because they can't afford to take care of them. So a lot of these uh, young guys, most of the time when you hear Sierra Leone on the news, it's always negative. It's either civil war or Ebola. And when I went back home, one of the things that, that, that I saw that even surprised me, even though the Ebola is almost a year ago, is to see the effects that it had. Like we have so many kids on the street who are homeless because of like they lost their, their parents like during the Ebola. We have parents that lost their kids during the Ebola, and we have uh, young kids who are on the streets. Uh, most of these kids um, from like let me say back in the 90s when we have the civil war, most of them were, were, were child soldiers, and they have grown now. They haven't got mom and dad, so they are on the streets. Now you have uh, Ebola um, Ebola victims who are teenagers who are back on the streets. So we have up to 40,000 young people who are homeless on the streets who are just causing carnage. Uh, one of the biggest issues in um, Israelion today is like it's, it's a culture called Click, which is it's a gang where a lot of like, young guys come together because of their struggling with like with the cost of living and how to live. So they just start robbing and hurting people and just start causing chaos. And especially like in schools, like, one thing that, that surprised me the most as well was to see this Click culture like creeping into schools. Like you see like young kids who are like in class six, which is like year six, year seven here, who are already involved in this because they have no parent like to take care of them. So most most of them are living with a gang in the area that's looking after them. That are sending them to school, but then at the same time they send them to do like some violent stuff. 
one of my passion like, I love is movies and one of the things that Australian people love is movies they love gathering around movies so one of my my, my passion was to like to uh, to do movie nights where I can just get the whole community to, to come together where for at least an hour and a half they can be distracted from all the chaos that's happening so they can watch a positive Christian movie so that's one thing I, I, I introduced there and another thing that I, I love to Australian people love is football like they love the Premier League if if football is playing if if, they, if United is playing honestly you think they're playing in Sierra Leone because there's so much passion the cinemas will be full like it's, it's crazy but so another way that I like to like connect with the young guys is through football so I gather them around and we talk about football and then we, we share faith through that as well one of the areas that I was where I was very fortunate to be in it was is an area called Potty where it's, it's a gang zone a lot after like maybe 10 o'clock when the place is a bit dark nobody goes down that road even taxi drivers don't go down that road and I was Lucky, luckily enough, I knew a friend who's like a leader of the, of the gangs there. So I started talking to him, and he was obviously provoking me, like saying, "Oh, like you, it's weird how you became a Christian," and like just mocking me basically. So I just had a great opportunity to share the gospel with him. I said, "Bro, if anything in this in this situation changes your life, wouldn't you tell people about it?" It's like, "Yeah." I said, "Well, this is exactly what I'm doing. I believe Jesus changed my life. That's why I'm here, like telling people about it." And so straight from there, like I had like an access. So these guys who are known killers who, are, who have done a lot of crazy stuff, but I was there like talking to them, playing with them, joking with them, even though like I know some of the crime that they're capable of committing. One of the things that I struggled with when I, when I was out there was like going into schools because the time when I went there was like exam time. So all, most of the schools were like doing like uh, having an examination. So it was hard to get into school, but I was very, very fortunate to go into a Muslim school. Like when I say Muslim school, like all Muslim school teachers and Muslim students are Muslims. And I couldn't get into the class because they had exam on, but I was told I could hang out with them in the field and just talk to them. I, I was open to share my faith and the crazy thing about being in that Muslim school was I was talking to them taking pictures of them having fun then the next minute somebody shouted thief and they all like grab stones to go and stone this to go and stone this thief so it just shows how unpredictable like Sierra Leone can be one minute you're like little kids who are like maybe 10 12 years old next minute next minute they're taking stones to go and to go and stone uh, uh, to go and stone a thief and when I was there before I came as well I had a great opportunity we did like a promotion of just what I was doing, so we had like a gig in, in the local football ground. We had over uh, 2,500 people that turned up, and it was going well, like on the stage, sharing, talking, and then next minute, the power cut, generator went off. So everybody, it was dark, so everybody turned and walked away, and uh, the, the, promoter, the people that helped me organize it had to like hurry up and grab their stuff and run away because anything could happen, they could get robbed. So that was, for me, that was one of my disappointments, the, the late night gig, because that could have definitely turned life around. And my highlight is this guy called Musa. He's a Muslim. He used to be a, a child soldier. He was on the street. He's been on the street for over 12 years. And when I met him, it was very, very challenging just hearing his story and hearing his journey. And I just had this, like, just love towards him as a brother. And I've just been talking to him. I'm, I've been so blessed by some of you guys, your prayers and your support that you, that you support me monthly. I was able to, like, open a shop for him, which is like a hairdressing shop because he's, in, he's into hairdressing. So, so took him off the street, opened a hairdressing shop for him. That only cost £130 a year to run. And the, the vision for this hairdressing shop is to, to run itself after the first year. So for me, that was one of my highlights. I'm journeying with him, talking to him, and he's so close to making that decision to giving his life to Jesus. So I just believe if we keep praying, we can see life turned around. And then basically, so for me, I believe, like, if I had had my own like my own PA system, my own generator, my own um, stuff to put on the gig that we did that night. I don't think this would have happened because I would have had like enough um, fuel to to make sure that runs smoothly, and we could have seen like so many lives come to Christ that night. So, my appeal, basically for me, the most important thing that you can do for me right now is just pray for me, like support me in whatever way you can. If it means like referring me to your local church so I can share, so I can talk to them and encourage the church and lift people up, I can do that. But really, what I need from you guys, if you can support me in any way. Number one would be prayer. If you can 
manage even five pound or two pound a month, that will go a long way. That can change life. That can transform life. That will go on and transform other lives. So yeah, I just want to thank you guys very much. So the good news off the back of that is as he was sharing in there about this generator that and uh, that he needs to get in some sound system, we actually just decided on the day, let's let's fund that from message, Well, we? yeah, I think we all, as an exec, we're all sitting there probably thinking, oh, we just got to back this guy. And then um, Andy was hosting and went, do you know what, James, we're just going to pay it. Oh, you know, I think I'll just make a decision by myself. And we're like, no, that's a great decision. <laughs> but then we, um, then uh, I think someone said, how much is it? We, hadn't even, we haven't even added it up, had we? But <laughs> we thought... But sometimes you see stuff like that and you just think, yeah. do you know what? You know, shame on us if we don't back it. You know, and be, we just come out of Urban Heroes and, you know, we, we have a tithe fund and we thought, what what better way to use your money than to back this guy going out to Sierra Leone? And I could see all kinds of stuff happening. It's mustard seed ministry, but it's going to explode, isn't it? Absolutely. So, yeah. and, and many of you who've listened to the podcast before will know that, yeah, we do tithe basically all our income, don't we? So yeah. all the income we come, we've got this tithe fund and we give to, to the poorest of the poor, things yeah. like Compassion. We sponsor a whole bunch of kids yeah. and do projects with them and then, and then working with young people and, and like you can't get a, a better place to give than something like this. Yeah, and how exciting doing. is it that we can sit there every month in leadership meetings and think, let's bless that and let's bless that. And it's so yeah. good, isn't it? It's absolutely, absolutely brilliant. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, another great thing from Prayer Day was just, it's always great hearing the uh, testimonies from the Eden guys, isn't it? Because there's, there's always so many of them and yeah. so, such quality, isn't there? Yeah, and radi- radical mission to the toughest and hardest to reach. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just our lifeblood, isn't it? And it's, I love the Prayer Days when they're there. It just has a, it sort of goes up a level, doesn't it? It really does. Stories. Yeah, it's yeah. brilliant. So, um, here's a couple of testimonies um, that got shared on Prayer Day. You know what I'm so excited about today is I'm more convinced than ever that we are a people that live by faith and not by sight. You know, particularly when I think about what's going on around our network in some of our neighbourhoods, like Labrook Grove, like we talked about this morning, and talking to some of the Eden team leaders about what they're encountering. If we were a people that lived by sight, we'd be living in fear. We'd be living in intrepidation. We wouldn't want to do anything, but we live by faith. And faith continues to see what God could do and will do in our neighborhoods. This is what we live for. And so I'm so encouraged that we continue to pursue people, continue to pursue community transformation because we believe our God has the power to transform and he will in our neighbourhoods. That's what we go after. So if those people who want to come and share some testimonies want to come at the front, that'd be great. This is Mark. He's a West Londoner. He was... Give him some love, everybody. Cheers, Sam. Yeah, so my name is Mark. Um, Last winter, me and my family moved into Gurnell Grove, a few miles down the road from Labrick Grove. And uh, yeah, it's been amazing recently doing lots of door-to-door knocking on people, getting to know people, saying, hey, we're Eden, we're here, we love you, what do you want to see happening here? And one of the things that's actually shocked me is that there's a really large Muslim community on the estate, much more than the stats say. It says it's 25% Muslim, but it's at least 50, if not 60%. And the more I've been chatting to people, uh, the more I've been seeing there's a real divide on the estate. A lot of the people who aren't from Muslim backgrounds can't stand the Muslims, we want the Muslims out, they've come here, they're ruining everything, and we kind of get in this ongoing conversation with people of a lot of divide, a lot of hate. Anyway, last week we did, or two weeks ago we did a missions week on the estate, we had the Eden bus with Sid, came down, and uh, we had the most amazing time. Whoever's had an Eden bus will know how, uh, how effective and how fun and the impact they can have on the community, and 
as the week came, kind of went on, more and more people from the estate came out and got involved. And the, the, the community that came out the most was the Muslim community. And it was incredible. And I just want to quickly tell you a story about Bob. His name's not Bob, but we're going to call him Bob. And um, this guy's a really interesting guy. He's a Syrian Muslim, and he's really passionate about Syria. He campaigns in his, in his spare time about Syria. Let's free Syria. If you ever chat to him, try to talk to him about Jesus, doesn't want to know, knows everything about Christianity, right? Anyway, as the week's going on, his kids are getting more and more involved in this bus and what we're doing. And um, he starts filming it, and I'm like, you can't film this, Bob. Child protection issues here, mate. Um, anyway, at the end of the week, um, Bob's kids have been loving uh, this bus. And we've had an American team with us the whole week who came just to serve uh, our estate. And the team now are saying their goodbyes to the kids and, and the, the, the young Muslim kids on the estate start crying. They're saying bye to the, to, the, uh, to the American team. Americans, you know how they can get, so they started getting emotional, they started crying, right? <laughs> and all the time Bob is watching this and Bob comes up to Morgan, one of the American girls, and said, Morgan, why, why are you crying? And in American, in American way, my heart's breaking. <laughs> My heart is breaking, you know, because she is loving these kids. And he says, you know what? The way you guys have come, serve this community, love this community, I've never seen anything like it. I've spent my whole life hating America. I have to change that. I have to change that worldview because, because of the, the, the love that I've seen. Now, he still isn't ready to know and hear that that's the love of Jesus. That's going to change. But, but yeah, it was, it was an amazing, amazing moment. He was really emotional. I don't think he'd ever seen people come and do stuff like this uh, before. And uh, we're, we're just really praying that God's going to continue to move and bless um, that neighborhood. And, and even today, I just really feel God is going to come and move in a powerful way in that Muslim community. Hi, I'm Laura from Hull. Oh, come on, give Hull some love. Uh, thank you. Um, so I just want to share a couple of stories about a couple of the young people that we've been working with. Uh, so we've been doing Eden in Hull for five years now, and during that whole time we've been very present in the local secondary school on the estate, um, so much so that they even pay for part of my salary, which is amazing. Um, but the School's Church of England, it's got a full-time chaplain, and a few months ago she said to me, Laura, I think it's really important we should have a baptism service here. You know, we are a Church of England school, really see that God is on the move here, we want to do a baptism service. I was like, great, that's fantastic. So I started helping her to plan it. Um, and the baptism service was last Monday evening. The school's called Archbishop Centimu Academy, so he came to do the baptisms. And the two young people who were baptised were two students and one member of staff. The two young people who were baptised were young people that we work with, which was just such a privilege. So one of the girls, um, she's in year nine, she comes to our after school club, she's been coming for a couple of years, she's autistic. Um, her family are not supportive of the fact that she's become a Christian because they think it's just another one of her obsessions. She gets 
you know, very fixated on things, but she truly has come to know Jesus. And what was amazing was that about nine members of her family came. She was freaking out because she just wanted her mum there. Um, but about nine members of her family came and were there, sat in the chapel in school. Um, the chaplain had got hold of a baptismal pool from, you know, from a, another local church. So that was a talking point in the school anyone cause, anyway, because no one had seen anything like it. Um, and then the other girl, uh, she's in year 11. About three months ago, she came to find me. Um, she did our self-esteem course a couple of years ago, and I've not really had loads of conversations with her about faith. But she came to find me um, in school about three months ago and just said, Laura, I think I want to become a Christian. Just like that, out of the blue. Incredible. Her family, again, are not supportive. She's not got a great relationship with her dad or stepmom. So they weren't at her baptism. And she almost had a wobble on the day where she was like, oh, but they're not here, so should I do it? But she did. And it's just encouraging that she's willing to to take that stand and to get baptised, even though she doesn't have a family support, and to stand up for Jesus. Great. Those are great stories, aren't they, Carl? Yeah, always uh, brilliant. And, you know, considering like a guy like Mark Tate is only really just kicking off and uh, but just shows the favour of God when we, when you try and reach the, the hardest to reach and God just shines his light, doesn't he? Yeah. That's what I believe anyway. Yeah, crack him. And we uh, always have a guest speaker come to speak at Pride Day and it was such a privilege to have Steve Upper with us this time, wasn't it? Yeah, good old Steve. So um, Steve is the senior pastor at All Nations Church in Wolverhampton and it's where we had held one of our launch events for the Hire Tour in the Midlands. And uh, Steve's just built a great work, um, took over a church when it was, I don't know, what did you say, 60 to 80 people, something yeah, like that. And it, it's exploded now. I mean, it's, you know, it's just built this massive new centre and thousands of people being reached and loads of Sikhs and Muslims being reached for the gospel. So, yeah, he's a, he's a phenomenon, Steve. And uh, yeah, he uh, brought a barnstormy message to us, didn't he? So he really cracking, did. Yeah. yeah, it was very good. And it's it's great having guys like Steve there who we're already working in partnership with, as you say, you know, doing yeah. higher tour with them and and just know just to know there's that that quality of um, of leader and, yeah. and, and church there that we're doing mission with. We know that when young people come to faith, when we do those schools in in you know, Wolverhampton, we know there's um, there's Steve's church and I'm sure loads of other great churches in that area. Area to yeah. who actually can be able to follow these kids Absolutely, up because yeah. that's that's the whole point that's of hire, isn't it? Yeah, we need the local church. Yeah, and it's so good to work with like key strategic leaders like Steve. So yeah, really and cool. something like hire, we don't we don't do we don't just go and do schools work. They're all in partnership with local churches, aren't they? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So um, so that was great. So if you want to have a listen to that talk, um, you can go across to our message podcast. Um, just just find it on there. It's, it'll be one of the latest items that have been uploaded. So yeah, definitely highly recommended. Well worth a listen. Yeah. Um, so uh, you've done the not so small event, um, the gathering yes. in the last month as well. Just uh, tell people about what the gathering is and uh, your kind of involvement. Very in hard it. to describe, <laughs> but basically, uh, about nine years ago, I was sitting in a conference that was uh, dare I say a little bit dull. And I thought for men, and I thought I want to create a conference. Actually, I'd want to go to, which sounds a little bit, you know, arrogant, but it's actually what I thought. And uh, it, it, to try and do this very quickly, I thought, well, I, I want to tell as many men as I can about Jesus, but also, you know, provide an environment that's fun and that they'd actually want to come to. You know, create a conference people would want to go to. So I thought, well, you know, get a barber, blow things up, shoot stuff, air displays, skydivers you know, beer tent, good food, but cracking worship and preaching, you know, all kind of like a cross between Top Gear and Spring Harvest is what I had in my mind. <laughs> and uh, anyway, um, uh, someone said to me, where are you going to hold it? While I was thinking, conceiving this, actually at another conference, 
and uh, I thought, well, we just need some fields and let's just camp. So long story short, that that day actually, while I was sitting there, someone walked over the cardboard tube with maps in it. You couldn't make it up. While I was having this conversation with someone and rolled out the maps and they said, I've just bought these polo fields, which I was going to commercialise. Uh, but my son had a vision of thousands of men meeting Jesus Christ on these fields. So do you want to use them that day? So anyway, we invented the gathering. <laughs> and uh, the first one was 300 guys. We had a beer tent that sat 50 with the world's grumpiest barman from Swindon and an accidental car display because someone came in a Porsche and someone else came in a Ferrari. That was six years ago. And then it grew from there to 2,000 guys uh, this year and uh, a massive car display, a beer tent that seats 2,000. Uh, Tim Viner, comedian, was there. We get sponsorship from Formula One teams for F1 cars and big bonfires. And uh, we had a Battle of Britain Memorial flight, Spitfires and a Hurricane and all of that crazy stuff. In fact, the hurricane flew over at 250 feet while the guys were breaking bread outside, which is quite startling. <laughs> so, yeah, all of that very good stuff. But 70 guys made first-time commitments to Christ. Um, a lady who was there, who is a carer of a memory, cerebral palsy, came to Christ the evening that a load of men came to Christ. In fact, she came to Christ kneeling next to a special forces soldier who had also just given his life to Christ. So, under the sound of the same gospel, it was a beautiful thing, amazing event. And... Uh, on my Facebook, I put a photo of this. Every year, um, a rainbow has appeared over the big top when we've been preaching the gospel, which I do honestly believe is a sign of God's promise that as we faithfully preach the gospel, salvation will be there. And, of course, a couple of other critical things happened. We had the mess hut there, which was awesome, and they had the biggest queues. Nothing to do with me mentioning it a lot from the front, <laughs> but they had the biggest queues. The mess hut, our street food business, trying to give people, ex-offenders, an opportunity and a, and a trade. So it was great to have them there. And we announced that we're going to be working in partnership, the message and CVM, to try and reach more people, particularly focusing on reaching younger guys. Uh, prisons were raising up fathers, you know, particularly need for fathers on these Eden estates, isn't there, and all that kind of stuff. So I think that's a very exciting partnership, and Andy spoke as well, and uh, Ben Jack was there doing some stuff on reaching millennials, and yeah, so it's a great sort of combined effort. And, and there's uh, um, there's definitely good. a vibe of banter there, isn't it? That's definitely a big part yeah, of very, it, isn't there? So I basically do, across the weekend, five sessions of about 45 minutes worth of bantery stand-up. It's a banterthon, and I... Um, uh, I, I basically freestyle heckle and bantering with the guys. It's very hard to describe unless you go there. Yeah. Uh, some people take the humour seriously, but apparently there was a ban on fruit and uh, and perfumed male products, uh, despite the fact that in the green room we did have rather a lot of grapes and apples and oranges. But it's quite good fun. It's very yeah. hard to describe, but it's yeah. great. But all that salvation, mate, I mean, yeah. just fab. Yeah, yeah, it's good. And this partnership that with with the message, what what does that look like? How's how's how are we gonna how's that gonna work? So we've got to work this out. But basically, message work in regions. Um, so you know, Wales and London, northeast, northwest, Scotland, basically in areas of urban density. Particularly, as and we might have said before on the podcast, we're quite stirred by the poverty heat map, where it glows red in the bottom five percent of urban deprivation. You know, we want we want to work with CVN to focus on those areas. You know, there was a bit of a, a bit of a thing happened recently on Mother's Day in the women's prisons. The women were asked to write to all the mums and thousands of letters went out to the mums from female prisoners. When they did it to the dads, it was a handful. Because you know, most guys in prison have not got father figures. Well, what if we could harness this movement called CVM, which is 440 men's groups around the country and loads of resources to raise up fathers to fatherless kids? What if we could uh, develop some expertise 
to reach younger guys with a message of Jesus. Gatherings actually stuffed full of 18 to 20 year olds, much more never before. So there's a whole piece of work we could do there together. And we need more prisons workers, more Eden team leaders. So I think together we could put a big urban focus on the work and a and a younger focus on the work to try and I think when you join forces, yeah, anything can happen, can't it? And yeah. we just got to work it out as we go along. But suffice to say, when I announced the partnership, there was a cheer and a war and a clap. So I think everyone's quite excited. Yeah, it sounds so, brilliant, mate. Yeah. So we've also got um, our message conference coming up later on in the year. Yeah. And we have some breaking, exciting news. Yes. Uh, Matt Redmond is going to be joining yeah. us. Whoop. So, so, yeah, uh, so, which is really good, isn't it? Like, so yeah. for he's those like the you, world's leading worship leader, you know, so he's he's great. such a lovely guy as well. Yeah. And, and for those of you who maybe don't know, so the connection with Matt Redman is is Beth, uh, Matt's wife, actually used to be part of the tribe. So, yeah. they, so they go they go, way, go. Way, way way back with us. So Matt often comes and does our events and. Uh, and it's just such a blessing to us. And it's, it's great to have uh, him and Beth uh, with us for, for that weekend. And, and we've got loads of other amazing speakers, obviously yourself and Andy. Uh, absolutely. You so, know, uh, yeah. top, top draw. And then we've also got some... But even top of draw. <laughs> and we've got some second level lit ones. Yeah. Uh, in, <laughs> Only Louis Palau has literally reached millions for Christ. Yeah. <laughs> so and, him. And Daniel Strickland as well, yeah, which yeah. is great. Arguably one of the finest communicators out there. Amazing. And we've got um, Tim, um, Tim Hughes, and Rivers and Robots kind of leading worship with us as well over the two days and, and as part of that we're also actually doing Manchester Hire again on the, Saturday, yeah. on the Friday night aren't we so yeah. so this has kind of come about we, we, the, the, the church we've been talking to the churches in Manchester mm. you know we did we did Hire in Manchester sort of last March so you know nearly 18 months ago now and uh, the churches wanted to do it again didn't they so we yeah, said let's yeah. go again yeah why have we got the chance to get into schools and present the gospel why don't we go again let's yeah. just keep doing it yeah so we do a whole bunch of schools running up to that and then the friday night will be this big higher celebration yeah um so we'll have loads of our bands there and then uh, on the saturday evening we're also going to have a big 25 year birthday party celebration <laughs> extravaganza yeah um cool. with uh lz7 and 1224 and and brightline and vital signs and amongst walls um, who have I forgotten? Soulbox, uh, uh, all our bands basically. Uh, yeah. I'm definitely forgotten some. I might even bring me banjo. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then everyone will leave. Yeah. <laughs> That's how we clean oh, the venue yeah, card exactly, at the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so it'll be. It should be good fun. So if you if you want to come along, it's going to be an amazing weekend. It's going to be great fun. We're we're going to have a whole bunch of uh, seminar streams running um, over the two days, um, over the Saturday, over the Friday and the Saturday as well, 17th and 18th of November. Um, really getting into the heart of who we are as the message and what yeah. we've stuff we've learned over the last 25 it's gonna years. It's going to be epic. It's going to be so great. Yeah. You, you do not want to miss it. Um, and you can book online now. So if you go to message.org.uk slash conference, um, you can book into that. And we'd love to see you there. So, Carl, what can be, people be praying for us um, in this uh, next season and the next month? Uh, oh, particularly? there's so much. It just feels like we're always we're always adding more plates to spin at the moment, and and they're all good plates, uh, but they're quite heavy plates. So we really do ask you to pray for us to have wisdom. Uh, we want to grow smart. Uh, there are lots of open doors out there. But we want to walk through the right open doors at the right time. Uh, from my own perspective, doing the whole UK expansion piece, it'd be great if you could pray with us as we explore uh, opening up into the northeast. We've just announced a, a partnership uh, yesterday with Ground Level, Stuart Bell on Ground Level, and one event uh, to reach into Lincolnshire, one of the poorest counties actually in the UK. Uh, huge issues there. 
and round and uh, with Sarah Belcher who used to be on an Eden team in Salford and Withenshaw so that's great she's come full circle she's back where she truly belongs <laughs> uh, with the message and she's going to be spearheading that work and up around East Humber as well so very exciting so do pray for that and pray for the guys in London you know I mean it's so easy to move on and forget news changes rapidly in our country uh, but remember the guys at uh, Labrick Grove and Latimer um, Jamie and Teresa and uh, Jackie Blanchflower and, and, the, and the team there uh, they're particularly things at the front of my mind at the moment Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, there's loads to be praying for, isn't there? And and also just whiz as we look internationally as well. Um, yeah. As we talked about the podcast before, South Africa's up and running, going great. We're like sort of three, three and a half years into that now. Yeah. Um, Canada, we've got, we're about to launch our second Eden team out there. That's going great. We talked about that with Andy um, before, and that's going great. We're also in tentative talks um, with some guys in Germany yep. just working out whether that's right or not um, it's feeling good isn't it but yep. there's just loads of details to work Seychelles, on Barbados and uh, yeah, I, wish. Yeah. I wish I <laughs> wish I'm, I'm doing message California Carl yeah. I tend to do like message Raynham and Hull <laughs> yeah. things like that and Leeds and yeah, yeah. so um, so we just need to, uh, to to go to all the nice places as well yeah um, so yeah, if you can pray for us, that'd be fantastic. Um, if you want to kind of c- continue to find out more about Message, we'd love you to sign up to our Flow magazine. Um, you can do that through our website as well. That's always full of amazing testimonies. Um, you can follow us on Facebook as well. Give us a like on Facebook. Just yeah. uh, type in Message Trust. And people can follow you on Twitter at Beachy Message. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. it's Beachy Message or on Facebook, yeah. Um, yeah. And you can follow me at at Ian Robottom and uh, yeah follow us and find out more about what's going on with the message cool thanks Carl thanks mate